I went to all the trouble of splicing together the short, snappy little clip, and every damn time. I'm looking for the mute button for him, folks. Nobody cares what two says. Well, twos, it is uh, Mashup 27, and it's brought to you by our good friends over at Rohan Rig Services. Uh, twos would be lucky to work there. Of course, they are hiring for all positions, all the information in the show <laughs> notes. How's Twos doing this weekend? You know what? This week, I would this be night. pretty lucky to work there. Uh, they are pretty well known across the industry for having good iron, so they do have that. Great to be back on uh, the Mashup 27 uh, on this side and Two's side. We're dealing with a little bit of technical difficulties as Two's calls in from up north in the uh, up north in the Great White North. Either way, how's Two's mm-hmm. doing this week uh, on another another Tuesday Mashup? Two's is great, except for the fact that he's been a little bit sick, but he's been drinking Nyquil like crazy, and this stuff is just high octane. Like you'd swear to God, it was just hand mixed by bill cosby himself so that's been pretty good all right on well here i want to get to uh, we we spoke briefly about rohan uh rig services uh the 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 sponsor of the mash up here on number two seven Mm -hmm. but i want to get to some listeners texts as well here's one you know we've been trying to get all the different provinces and see if they're tuning in well here's one hey sean mike Mm -hmm. and i sorry i'm i'm sorry mike uh lynn l hanaf Ah, oh, man, I'm terrible. From Whitehorse, really enjoy the podcast. I've been a enjoy- uh, mm-hmm. loyal listener since your coverage of the Convoy. Probably bring down some Yukon Brewing Lager and some of their single malt whiskey to share. I tell you what, single malt uh, whiskey sounds pretty damn good to me. I've had that Yukon whiskey, if it's the one I'm thinking of, and it's pretty deadly. As I don't imagine can there's tell, a whole lot of distilleries up in the Yukon. <laughs> Uh, we're just going to talk that over each other. Twos. It'll be fun. Oh, oh fuck. There's like a two-second delay. We're, we're, we're going to do our best here today. Um, we had two lovely ladies, sisters. They were out paddling in uh, Bonus Park in Calgary. Uh, always listen to the Tuesday mashup. And they're coming to Lloyd to see us, too, so that's pretty cool. Um, I also had... That's awesome. Uh, keep the Tuesdays coming, please, from Newfoundland. Uh, a lady had reached out to me back in August, and I'd forgotten all about it. That's Shannon Darbs. So Shannon Darbs, shout out to you. So we got Newfoundland, we got Yukon, and then we had a couple. Uh, we had a couple more come sliding in. Uh, this is Aaron from Morinville. Have you thought of interviewing Blacklocks? I don't know why I'm saying this because uh, this is what Twos always tells me. Anyways, uh, Aaron, shout out to her as well because she's a listener of the the Tuesday mashup as well. So hey, what do I? What can I say? There's a few different. And you got uh, Tom Korski lined up right away too, don't you? Tom Tom Korski, oh, damn, is it next week? I want to say it's next week. I can't remember off the top of my head, too, as you're putting me on the spot. Either That's way, what I do here. We 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 got we got a lot of we got a lot of fun coming on the podcast. We got a lot of fun coming for you here in two seven, and I love hearing from all the different listeners. I think we're short Northwest Territories. None of it. Quebec. PEI. Does that sound about right? Uh, That's about uh, it. Twos. 
I think that's all we're missing. Those did we four, have PEI, or I did I just make to... a joke at their expense? I don't think we've had PEI, have we? I tell you what, if we have oh, had PEI, they're going to let us know. They're going to let us know uh, soon enough because uh, the people don't like to let me off on uh, making silly mistakes. So either way, now let's start the timer here, and we're going to get to our first uh, first headline. Pulyev brandishes balls by bailing on bailout ball. <laughs> oh man, this is gallery. this is this is Justin Trudeau. Um, yes, press gallery talking. He he has this. I I don't know what. I, I'm curious what Tuz has to say about this. Um, but one of the things he says, he has this long 20 minute speech where he pretty much roasts everyone. Yeah. Um, one of the things he said about Pierre was tweaking. He, He's not here tonight because he's tweaking his YouTube algorithms, but if you wanted him to come, you should have just told him you were occupying the museum and he would have shown up with his Timbits. Uh, anyways, and one other one he said was, I have a lot of lots of fans. Some of them even redesigned the Canadian flag with my name on it. If I didn't hate Trudeau so much, I might have found some of it kind of funny, but I'm just not a big Trudeau well, fan. I think what did you think? For the one side of it, he did have one good line in there. I I guarantee you he didn't write any of this. But whoever wrote his speech had one good line in there where he was talking about Polyev. And he said that, you know, he must have had a bad time growing up in Alberta in the 80s with his name being Pierre, which I thought was that was pretty good. And there's no damn way Justin would have put the time and work into writing something nearly that clever. It's funny, like even just putting together a few minutes of material for the fifth has been an arduous task on my end. Uh, but. Polyev decided not to attend this press gallery, which is a tuxedo event where the politicians and the media show up and sit around having cheap, ineffectual laughs and telling each other how awesome they are for hours on end. And I don't know why anybody would want to attend in the first place. If anything, that should be the news. It shouldn't be the news that someone said, I didn't want to go to this idiot fest. It should have been news that some people looked at it and said, oh, that's interesting. I would really like to reserve my place at this establishment on that particular evening. That's the news. I agree. Okay. Fact-based policy takes backseat to divisiveness. Um, we're talking about uh, uh, guns on this one, um, <laughs> and there was there was a lot because it, it, in one stand or one uh, uh, the government comes out and says there's an immediate ban on handguns, and then you know what ensues is what always seems to ensues when our our lovely government says something. Here was one of the tweets uh, last night. This was the Toronto Police Association. Last night, officers attempted to arrest a man for a previous shooting incident. The man evaded arrest and deliberately fired multiple shots at our officers. As a man sought cover in his home, he continued to fire on our members. Thankfully, no one was injured. Responding officers were able to arrest the suspect without any use of force. The man has been charged with three counts of attempt to murder and various firearm offenses. At the time of this incident, the suspect was under two different court-imposed prohibitions for firearms. We deserve better. You deserve better. This on the heels of saying there's a you can't get a fire you know a handgun. Um, and then part of another article read, they cho they choose to stick it to the law-abiding target shooters instead of gun-toting gangsters who didn't even wait until the ink was dry on the new rules to show what they think of them. The shooters understand the federal handgun ban only applies to legal gun owners and not them. 
Well, it's funny. I I think that this guy who was shooting at the cops, it's just a classic case of a lack in education. Obviously, this guy isn't on Twitter, or he would have known that shooting at police officers is legal, and then he wouldn't have done it because he would have realized that he was in the wrong for having a firearm and definitely for unloading it um, with the intention to kill people. And there's no other way he could have known this. And that's the only thing is just we need to educate these people better and just tell them that things are extra illegal now, even though they were illegal before. Uh, Mashup has listeners in Deutschland. You wanted to find out where everybody's Members listening from. Scientist Rebellion. No shit. Members of Scientist Rebellion, a collection of so-called academics dressed in white lab coats, superglued themselves to the concrete floor of the Porsche Pavilion and I don't even know how to say this, Autostat and the Volkswagen Luxury Cars exhibit in Wolfsburg as a protest against carbon emissions. And here's they get quoted as, nine of us glued, glued to the floor and some of us on hunger strike until our demands to decarbonize the German transport sector are met. Then in, later on, the article reads, I quote, staff refused our request to provide us with a bowl to urinate and defecate in in a decent manner while we are glued and have now turned off the heating. And then one of the main guys later on had about 26 hours had to be taken away because doctor, doctors finally, when they were let in, uh, ascertained the possibility of a life-threatening blood clot from the glue he used uh, in his hand, and rec uh, possibly in his hand, and recommended an immediate transfer to a hospital my health, of course, is paramount, and I accepted to leave this wonderful group who has taken on the hospital. So, anyways. first off, uh, anyway, two yeah. is it just? I would say first yeah, off, fire. the blood clots, blood clots probably aren't related to the super glue, but also this is the exact stuff that we were talking about two, three, four <laughs> weeks ago, where we said that the next time someone super glues themselves to a road or does something like that. You don't make a big deal out of it. You don't get in the paramedics to save them. You just set up some pylons, let the traffic drive around, and they can stay there shitting themselves because they can't leave until they feel embarrassed and get somebody to bail them out. And that's how you deal with people. If people want to act stupid, don't stop them from acting stupid. Just let them act stupid. And so anyway, this is what we were talking about in like 24, 25, maybe 23 of uh, the Tuesday mashups, we said, let them just do this exact same thing. And obviously, we have listeners in Germany because they did that exact thing, and I think it's beautiful. Does that mean, like, not only is government listening to us, but now uh, businesses, of course, across the world are listening to the Tuesday mashup as well? Well, Porsche is uh, a big conglomerate with a whole lot of other car companies and a lot of divested interests and they're they're one of they've they're some of the most wealthy influential people in the world so it really only makes sense that they would be listening to the tuesday mashup canada gets tougher on border crossers uh as if anyways what a poor headline to <laughs> anyways the zach brown band doesn't get all their band members across the border and uh they cancel the show and now this doesn't have to relate with COVID. This has to relate with uh, um, previous charges that are over 10 years ago. And it what, what reads funny in the article is they didn't get across this time, but they've been already across multiple yes. times this year, all of them. 
So they're they're basically saying, you know, like it's pretty finicky. You'd never know if you're getting across the Canadian border because you've got the the will of one border agent if he sees you favorable or not. Essentially, and isn't it funny how you give eh, mediocre people a little bit of authority and they'll just sometimes take it to extreme levels? I mean, we saw this with lockdowns, and you you see this with meter maids and and mall cops and things like that. And this is just another one of those things where like, I don't know, maybe he just didn't like country music. I mean, like if, if you think we got any mall cops listening to us? Well, probably not. They're probably listening to, I tell you what, uh, I, I, uh, if somebody's a mall cop listening to us, that's pretty cool. Uh, and you got to shoot me a text, and you got to rant on twos right now. Set me straight. Um, but the chances are pretty slim. I'll give you that twos. Yeah, I'm pretty. I, it's probably I'm, pretty slim on that. If we're know. gonna close our borders to recording artists, can we start with somebody like Justin Bieber or maybe Nickelback? I get that they're both Canadian, but when they leave, we just kind of just lock <laughs> the door behind them. Just throwing it out there. Just just throwing it out there. Just a little suggestion. You guys could take with it what you will, but it's something to think about. If you work at Border Security and you're listening to this right now, you can make Canada a better place. Shocker. Trudeau lies. <laughs> so, let's, let's start. Uh, there was multiple articles here. Uh, I mean, the fact that Trudeau lies has been a theme for 27 bloody frickin' 26. We did one episode where one we didn't talk about him at 19... all. Sorry, sorry. Sure. Okay. Okay. Twos. Okay. So then, whatever. Anyways, since 1988, Canada's set its sights on eight different greenhouse gas emission targets. Six of them have come and gone, and Canada never came anywhere close to meeting them. The next target is set for 2030, as we all know, and requires Canada to get to emissions uh, uh, to 55 to 60 percent of what they were in 2005. Based on emission levels in 2020, meeting the new target would mean cutting about 23 million tons of emission emissions a year on average. That's the equivalent of taking 5 million passenger cars off the road every 12 months until the end of the decade. And Trudeau said it can be done. Not the yeah. taking the cars off, that meeting the emissions uh, can, be, can be made. If we want to get that many million tons of carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere, there's really only one solution, and that's to get... Justin Trudeau, a Zoom membership. <laughs> Just hold them at home, twos. He'd do it from Tofino, and he'd find a way not to call in. The internet's shoddy. I can't. I can't make. Do you it. have any idea how hard it is to get Starlink to work on a surfboard, man? We didn't even talk about the other one, but that's fine. It was just more of the same. Women, well, with Trudeau, it's always more of the same. Uh, Financial Post, women really want to be in the kitchen. We all know that is a twos headline through and through. No, Um, that was from the Financial Post. You know, when I first read it, twos, it was not. (laughs) You wondered for a second? Did you seriously wonder for a second if I was fucking with you or if I was serious? The financial yeah, yeah, I did, post. and I actually pulled it up, and it actually the the. <laughs> Dumbass. Oh, I'm feeling a little gullible tonight, folks. The the. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck, fuck you, buddy. Anyways, what read interesting in it is when you first said, "I'm like, oh god, like I'm gonna like, why do we got to talk about this twos, right? Because we're gonna you talk just, about you Jordan Peterson. Off. But then actually, 
Well, what what reads crazy in this article? So they go on this, you know, tirade about uh, women leaving occupations because you know they're not getting promoted and all these things. But here's one of the people in the article. I had this epiphany that life is really short. And there's no reason why I need to be somewhere that is not serving me, said Bryant, who wanted more expansive role. That mindset helped nudge Bryant, who is black, which I don't know why that matters in this fucking article, but beyond me, to jump to WiseHire, an online hiring platform where she's now vice pre- president of marketing. I'm like, oh, so she just made a, like a hop. Don't we all do that? I, I'm just like, you kind of get stuck and there's nowhere to go up. So you look across and go, oh, I can hop there. Uh, this doesn't seem that crazy. Another another thing at the end that I found interesting was as companies continue tweaking their telecommuting uh, policies after the explosion of remote work brought on, brought on by the pandemic, um, they found that only in, one in 10 female employees want to work from the office most of the time. So they're asking for more companies to equate or build a hybrid work schedule that allows women to stay at home, essentially. And... Women, finally, the end quote, women are not breaking up with work. They are breaking up with the companies who are not delivering the work culture and the opportunity and the flexibility that is so critically important to them. That's what the article Honestly, depending on what your role is and how comfortable you are in it, um, like I know I used to work at a company. Uh, I got out of the oil field for a couple of years, and I worked for a company that had a bunch of people working from home all the time, and that was really frustrating for me to be learning a lot and trying to track down people when you're like one of the, you're the only person in the office kind of thing. And, uh, working from home I've found can be really good. If you've just got a lot of, get a lot of stuff done and you don't want people knocking on your door all the time and bugging you. And it's, it's kind of an interesting way to it's, I would say it's very much role specific, but I, I just found it interesting that all these women, in leadership roles are saying that they don't want them and uh jordan peterson talked about it and he said that you know the question isn't like why are there so few women in leadership roles it's why are there even any men in these crazy demanding roles and so with the uh i guess the the affirmative action that you've seen a lot lately where where people are in companies are are pushing women to pursue these roles and then they'll say, okay, yeah, I'll give it a try. You know, if you, yeah, 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 shut up already. I'll, I'll put in for this job. And then they get the job and then they find out they don't want it. And it's, it's funny that when you push a bunch of people in a direction they don't want to go, they end up leaving it and going back in another direction. And I find nothing in this article to be remotely surprising. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I hear what you're saying. I, I, I guess I just, uh, the headline tries to, to lay out that um, women are, are being discriminated against, I, I guess is the way I took it. And um, I certainly have listened to Jordan Peterson talk about it. But the way the article reads doesn't even doesn't even set up what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. It literally just talks about how they made some changes. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've made a change recently, you know, that was, you know, less money, but more flexible and a hell of a lot mm-hmm. of fucking fun. And uh, I mean, like, you, you, you constantly navigate the working world. That is the working world navigating like opportunities and do I want to do, you know, mm-hmm. and going back and forth. Anyways, that's, that's what I took out of it. Anyway, that's me. Elon Musk to introduce sound business practice to Twitter. Uh, Twitter employees uh, took to social media site. Uh, they fear they would be laid off from Thursday night after documents emerged showing that Elon Musk, 
plans to cut the workforce by 75 percent. Uh, it says corporate documents obtained by the Washington Post reveal the billionaire told prospective investors in his $44 billion deal to buy the social media giant that he plans to get rid of three quarters of its 7,500 workers. That would leave the company with just a skeleton crew of over 2,000 employees, which experts say would make it difficult for the f social media company to tamp down on what it deems to be misinformation. Because that's all they care about. It's not... Can this company do a good job? Um, what's the going concern going to look like for them? It's just simply a case of how are they going to tell the evil orange man that he can't be here if they don't have that job anymore? And it's funny. Like they said in the article that there were 7,500 employees and the annual payroll was something like $1.5 which works out to an average salary, assuming that it's all even round numbers from the article, of 200 grand a year is the median or pardon me not the median but the mean salary the median would probably be a little bit or the median would be a little bit more accurately reflective because there's going to be some people really high on the top end of that but that wasn't given but when the average salary is 200k a year yeah i'd say there's probably a lot of room to get rid of people and you could even outsource a bunch of stuff and oh, save oh a ton of money Hundred percent. And all I hear of is two hundred K salaries. Geez, that sounds an awful lot like going to work in the oil field. I know this company that sponsors the Tuesday mashup where I believe if you put your uh your uh you know, if you get your hands a little dirty twos mm -hmm. and go to work, I feel like you can make some pretty good money for them. No wait, we got this uh mm -hmm. premier right now, this lady called Danielle Smith that seems to be saying a whole lot of things that I think most of Canada's been waiting for. So uh you might want to just slide over to Alberta Take a look mm -hmm. at the show notes, click on that, give them a call, see what you can do. Because if you're like, oh, I don't know, inflation's going through the fucking roof, uh, food's going through the fucking roof, uh, energy's going through the roof, everything's going through the roof. I mean, one way to uh, get out of that is to get to a province that ain't going to lock you down so you can go to work every day and uh, uh, make some good dinero. Because I don't think we all can land jobs at Twitter, and it doesn't sound like... For a lot of those Twitter employees, it's and if last you happen long. to be one of those Twitter guys listening to this right now, and you end up being one of the seventy-five percent that have been let go, apply at Rohan today. <laughs> well, I don't know. They don't get to sit inside. <laughs> Can you imagine a Twitter employee showing up to work the rigs? Man, I, I, I would love to see it. Um, but they would get, can you imagine the fun the boys would have? How much fun would you have with a Twitter employee coming to work the rigs too? So? Well, I would do all sorts of professional and, and very, um, even handed. And I, <laughs> there's no way that I'd put pipe dope on some, uh, coffee cups and stick them onto their head when they're doing wellhead bolts. And I wouldn't get them to, uh, um, cut the line when you're doing a slip and cut blindfolded and then put their hard hat over top. And I definitely wouldn't ask them if they knew what a shitbird was. <laughs> Democracy is a far right extremism. Extremism, not an ism. That was, that was the easiest headline, um, this and one, you mangled it horribly. I'm still laughing about you asking. Do you even anyways, know what that is? Anyway, we'll talk about it offline okay. if anyways. you don't. No, no clue. Sure. That sounds great. Sounds great. What, you don't want to tell the listeners what a shitbird is? 
So you talk it up for like a couple days ahead of time. Supposedly, supposedly this is what you do is, you know, you just be like, oh, you ever seen a shipper before? And then the new guy's like, no, no, never heard of it. Supposedly. And then you'll, uh, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, it's just these little brown birds and they look like shit. And that's why you call them shit birds. And um, and then, you know, you'll just be like, oh, did you see that shit bird just flew into the trees you know, for a couple days, you, you build them up. The The trick to really good office pranks is building people up over a long period of time. And so anyway, then you uh, get somebody to just take a crap like out in the middle of an area and then you cover it up with a pail. And then supposedly, like I, I've never done this, but I've just heard this story a bunch. So you've got this upside down pail over top. And then you'd be like, dude, 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 get over here, get over here, get over here. And someone's holding down the pail. And you'd be like, we got one. And he's like, what? We got a shitbird. And like, what, what are you talking about? Remember the shitbirds you saw one the other day going to the trees? Well, I didn't see it. Well, we got one right here, right now. Thump on the pail. And then they're like, what are you, what are you going to do? And be like, well, you got to catch it. Like, what are you talking about? You got to catch the shitbird. And so then... You get them to like get down and get in a ready position and just be like, be ready. Cause like, as soon as this pail comes up, it's going to go flying. So you got to grab it. Like as soon as the pail comes up and then you pick the pail up and then they reach out and they grab a piece of shit. Supposedly. <laughs> Anyways, it's by far the greasiest uh, prank I've ever heard of. <laughs> Can we just end the episode nope. there? Can we just end no. on shitbird, or we got to get through? No, the we got to talk about the other shitbirds. Oh my god, Story we got to talk time. about the shitbirds and politics, Story. like the rooster slurping. Story. Story story time with twos on the Tuesday mashup. I tell you what, we better get some bloody t-shirts made with shitbird on it and rooster slurper and probably a whole bunch of other things. Story time with twos. <laughs> I feel like everybody would just, I would wear that around. Anyways, besides me, where the hell were we? Democracy we is at, far right extremism. Um, I think that's right. And this is a strange story. Oh, this story. is absolutely uh, bizarre. I, I had not heard about this one. So this... Okay, so let me let me do my best here to, to, to work through the article so people understand. Because I, when I read this, I had no idea. You know, which is crazy for how close I, I paid attention to the Alberta election and, and the way it happened with Daniel Smith, which I thought was odd uh, having, a, you know, the UCP have a, you know, a, a guy step down and, and whatever else. Well, BC's had something similar, okay? But here it is. In the coming weeks, BC will be doing something that almost never happens in Canadian politics. It will swear in a new leader without so much as a debate, a leadership race, or even a caucus vote. Premier John Horgan will resign, and his 46-year-old Attorney General David Ebby, who is set to become NDP leader on Friday, will drive to Government House in Victoria to take the oath as the province's 37th Premier. Ebby's signature qual... Ebby's signature qualification for the job, he was the only leader, only one in the BC and NDP who put his name forward to become his next leader. Which That's isn't not true. exactly true. So, okay, here we go. Ebby's sole challenger was, ah, oh, fuck, I don't know, Anjali Apaduri, like it doesn't matter, a Vancouver-based climate change activist whose resume is composed almost exclusively of positions for BC environment uh, environment nonprofits, including the Sierra Club, West Coast Environmental NDP. Law, and the David Suzuki Foundation. In announcing her candidacy on August 11th, she said, uh, promised sweeping and transformative changes, and indeed her platform promised one of the most radical green agendas in the world history, including immediate suspension of oil and gas development, a ban on sale of gas-powered vehicles by 2030, and a pledge to sue big oil. Um, 
And then she essentially got booted, and at the core of the allegations was working with these environmental nonprofits, such as Dogwood Political Action Group, to recruit new members with the explicit promise they would only have to be NDPers long enough to put her name in the leader's, leader's chair. Yeah, so she went around saying, I don't care. Like, I, I get that you don't care about the NDP or whatever, but if you care about our radical green agenda, just join for like a day, put your vote in, and then cancel your membership and go back to being part of the Green Party or whatever else. So it was kind of uh, an attempted coup, I guess. So or allegedly, anyway, she said that everything was on the up and up, and they said it was shady as hell. And I don't know if there if it broke any explicit laws or if they had any direct evidence of contravening bylaws or anything like that. But the end result is that <clears throat> there was two candidates, and they looked at them and said one of you guys isn't going to run, and the other one is winner by default. And this person isn't just the leader of some irrelevant party. They're now the premier of British Columbia. It, it's absolutely wild, Toos. In saying that, you know, I'm having a flashback. You, you, you recall in in uh, one of our previous episodes, we, talk, we talked literally about some, we should just get a bunch of people to sign up for the NDP in Alberta and get Notley out. And now I'm like, I'm like, I don't know if that's legal. And I'm like having flashbacks to that episode where we suggested that. I suggest that. I'm like, why wouldn't, if it only takes whatever it was, hundreds of people to put Notley mm -hmm. in place of the NDP to be the official opposition, why wouldn't you just go in and, and boot her out and get a bunch of people? Well, th that was just tried in BC. Well, you had Aaron Gunn tried running for the Liberal Party uh, leadership in BC, and they just deemed him to be an unacceptable candidate. Um, because he was too common sense, too hard-headed, too um, regular, everyday, approachable part of the people rather than the establishment, or at least that's how it seemed from the outside. And then mm -hmm. Corey Morgan, I, I think maybe I mentioned this because uh, it's the first thing that came to mind when you started mentioning Rachel Notley, was he tried to run in Banff for uh, the provincial NDP, and they went ahead and canceled his... I don't know, the seat was opening up or any, something like that. And so he tried to get the nomination to become the MLA for the NDP. And they just nixed the whole thing. They just said, fuck you. You can't come here. You're not welcome. Well, there you go, folks. Democracy. Breaking the laws, breaking the law is okay as long as it's not during your mm -hmm. hearing. Sorry, uh, is this where I talk or is this where you talk? Or is this the one that you didn't read? This is definitely where you talk to. This is a, you fucker. You always bring it out to the listeners. Sorry, listeners. Two sent me an article which I couldn't get into. So it's twos. I ask him about it before we start the show. You think he would just leave that out of there and be like the common guy and just be like, no, he's got to be a dick about it. Thanks, twos. Have uh, we could met? Could you please proceed as the one who's read the fucking article, you prick? Okay, well, the Brian Peckford lawsuit going against the federal government. Um looking at the constitutionality of the travel lockdowns has been thrown out of court without a hearing because they're no longer in effect. And so, I mean, it's just an interesting bit of logic because you could say, all right, well, you know, we've got you in court today because you murdered somebody. And you say, well, maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but I'm definitely not murdering them right now. So why are we even talking about this? And they would say, okay, fair enough, dismissed. Like this is, a really stupid bit of flawed logic that uh, hides 
our government from from an honest discussion about what they can and can't the do. The ineptitude that they were? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. They, they, they threw out the case, and now it's getting appealed and everything else. It, it's... It's pretty wild, right? Like it, to think that they they have the power to just like no, nah, we're good. Like that, that are, we don't that care. Isn't even we don't care the case anymore. We're, we're good. Fuck like, you, you bunch of plebs. Lucky to have a job. Recording has been leaked. Man, has this been a saga? An audio recording of Lucky holding a conference call with the RCMP officers uh, and officials on April twenty eighth, twenty twenty, has been posted on the website of the Nova Scotia Mass Casualty Commission. And the recording confirms what we all first thought back or were first told back in June that Lucky pressured officers to release information about the investigation for political reasons. I quote, does anybody realize what's going on in this world of handguns and guns right now? Lucky asked her subordinates on the call. The fact they're in the middle of trying to get legislation going, the fact that legislation is supposed to actually help police. And I liked how the guy ended the article with Brenda Lucky should do the honorable thing and resign but there is little honor left in Ottawa, and I won't hold my breath waiting on her letter. I thought, uh, yeah, like at this at this point, like I mean, how much more guilty does uh, anyone have to be of like doing the absolute wrong thing at one of the worst times in Canadian history? Deny, deny, deny. Oh wait, there's a recording. Well, like, this is this is the smoking I, I, gun. I can't write it, and it makes stupid. perfect sense that the Liberals want to ban them. Like this, this is incontrovertible proof that Bill Blair lied during the commission when he told uh, Raquel, what's her name, that uh, liberal, or pardon me, a conservative MP from Manitoba um, in the in the inquiry about this, or the committee, whatever the hell you want to call it, it's all bureaucracy. But anyway, he flat out lied about this because she said, and, and there's transcripts, there's a recording of it, and you can you can go to the commission website and listen to the recording. I did. And she specifically says that she has to get on, like she's got a message on her phone now from Bill Blair, and she's got to get on the phone with him and tell him that she let him down again. Uh, and so she, she had this big meeting with a half dozen yeah. people wondering why one specific person didn't put the talking notes in his uh public address that she had specifically wanted to it was a really ineffectual way to manage um like if you're a manager and you've got somebody who doesn't do what you want them to do to address it with a half dozen subordinates around you is a really ineffectual way to do it and then just the fact that the meeting went on for a half hour it meandered all over the place it touched on a couple kind of important things but it didn't really seem to have a clear agenda like this is this is a very poorly ran meeting and it was just almost cringe to listen to and you wonder how somebody who's so ineffective at dealing with people in a setting like this ever rose to the literal top of her profession i yeah i mean uh, to bring you to another inquiry you know the one going on about the the freedom convoy right now uh like hearing all these different police and pol politicians and everything else you know, like I've been taught since a very young age, you don't mm -hmm. lie, right? Like that's that's of utmost importance. And and certainly when you're swe swearing on the Bible and things like that, you should not lie. And then you watch person after person get up there and basically lie on stage. Like it is, and you go back to, to Bill Blair. I mean, mm -hmm. like literally in the call, she talks about having to talk to him. It's like, 
This this is the most absurd thing. Me and twos would be in jail right now, rotting away for the rest of our life. These fucks just get to do whatever they want, whenever they want. They get to stand on stage, lie in front mm-hmm. of everybody. There's nothing to no, hold them accountable. No, absolutely nothing. Is the most ridiculous thing I've if ever I seen. If I ever have to go in front of a judge and plead my case, and I'm guilty as hell for whatever it is that I've done, uh, what it, yeah, whatever. I don't know, jaywalking or some stupid shit. I'm just going to be like, Your Honor, I self-identify as a politician. And then I'll ask them to try me as a politician. Which means you yeah. can get away with murder. Pretty darn yep. much. Union writing laws. What could go wrong? Uh, the proposed law is part of Trudeau's platform commitment as well as the Prime Minister's confidence and supply agreement with the labor-friendly New Democrat Party. Struck in March, the power-sharing deal will likely stave off another election until 2025. Uh, basically talking about the use of replacement workers, pits workers against each other. It's undignified and it's dangerous. Uh, O'Regan said at a news conference in Ottawa, the best deals are made at the negotiating table. Uh, I believe I, I'm getting this right, too, is when I say um, companies, when, when union workers go on strike, get uh, replacement workers, and they're going to make that Yeah, illegal. so yes? if I'm understanding this, and it's going to depend on how it gets drafted, but it basically means that when a company, uh, when their workers go on strike, the company just stops working. And so... It's, it's interesting because yeah. it's really going to put the companies into a corner because <clears throat> you can't really negotiate a good deal when you've got a gun to your head. And so they're more or less just going to say, okay, well, pull the trigger. Or they're going to, this is the kind of thing that's so extreme that there's going to be some sort of corporate backlash regarding it. And I feel like they're not going to like the consequences of it. And it's just going to devolve and things are going to get worse. This is. It's a bridge too far, and I don't know if the unions are ready for the amount of shit that's going to come down on them for for getting this pushed forward from the NDP. Arrive Can app costs subject to just inflation. Man, this the Arrive Can app. I hope that you know. I hope this never comes into uh, our talks ever again. But. Man, if it ain't one week where we aren't going to talk about government spending, here we go, okay? The initial version of the federal government's ArriveCan app uh, was only supposed to cost uh, $80,000 mm-hmm. two years ago, according to a cost breakdown. But it is still expected to cost now a total of $54 million by March 2023 because of multiple updates, employee benefits, blah, blah, blah. Here's well, a breakdown. Just real quick, I would say $80,000 two years ago yeah. with the current going rate of inflation is roughly $54 million today. Not quite, but fair. I, I get where you're going. Um, here's the breakdown of some of the money, okay, twos? $8.8 million for more than 70 updates of the app, okay? $8.8 million for 70 updates. $7.5 million for the Service Canada call center for travelers. $5.2 million for data management in order to collect, report, and monitor border measures and results. $4.9 million is listed as indirect costs associated with the project, including employee benefits and payment to other government departments, whatever the fuck that means. $4.6 million to authenticate proof of vaccination delivered by provinces. $4.6 million for cloud hosting services. Are you shitting me? Cloud hosting is pretty expensive. $4.5 million for technical like, support. Amazon Web Services is the only part of Amazon that makes money. And, well, I mean, up until the pandemic when everybody had to order everything from home. 
But yeah, web web hosting isn't super cheap. Although I imagine that they had a whole lot of superfluous data in there that they didn't need to have hosted, but they paid for it anyway. Because fuck, who cares? Well, I mean, it's just uh, just frustrating, you know. And then and then okay, you're like, okay, this is the most ridiculous thing. No, it gets worse. It goes. A parliamentary committee on Monday planned to hold hearings into the costs associated with the RiveCan app. Efforts by conservatives to have federal ministers testify were struck down by liberals with the support of the Bloc Québécois and the NDP. Like The liberals voted anyways, to not hold I'm the liberals accountable. Irritated. This is what we talked about last week. Accountable, right? Yes. Like, at the end of the day, it's it's ineptitude. It's stupid. Like, the, 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 the patients are running the asylum right now. I don't know what more I got left to say about the liberal party, about... That's right. Um, on to 13. Uh, good news, Twos. Good yeah. news? Well, pretty good news. It's not great news for the bear. I mean, well, it's true. Bear attack near Cody, Wyoming. Two wrestlers out hunting, and the one gets mauled. The other one jumps on the bear's back, and basically they fight off the yeah. bear. Both live. They're a little worse for wear, but, uh, I mean, they both live. I think this is pretty cool. I mean, this flies in the face of all conventional hiking and you know traveling in, out in the wilderness wisdom where you want to take your fattest slowest friend with you so that when the bear comes you get away scot-free these guys were all for one one for all all the way the bear attacks the one dude the dude like just imagine the pair of balls you need to jump on the back of a grizzly bear and start fighting it willingly like that's impressive uh, yeah, that is impressive. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, imagine the adrenaline rush that went through that guy as he's like, well, I mean, one, you're, you you got one of your best friends, I assume, getting mauled. So, I mean, the adrenaline already, but then to jump on the back and start, like, reefing on this thing, like, that, that'll be something you don't forget anytime well, soon. Well, depending on how much brain damage he had. Maybe they'll make him president of the this United is happy States. happy news, too. <sighs> Well, that'll do it for episode 27, twos. I'm glad we found a way to string through, uh, you know, poor audio connection, everything else. Um, it seems like uh, once every couple weeks when you head up north, we got we to gotta make shift and we got to find mm -hmm. a way to make it work. But uh, we survived and uh, I hope that, uh, well, November 5th is coming quick. The, you remember us talking about this like uh, maybe it was last week, maybe it was a week before, I can't remember now. I was saying something I think we had at that time, like 40 or 50 tickets left. We're down to just under uh, 25. So we're closing in on a sellout, and tickets are available now until the 31st, I, I want to say. Um, either way, there's a few tickets left. So if you haven't got yours, QDM and twos that, in Lloyd Minster at the Gold Horse Casino, that'll be a fun night where we get to sit across from each other. That would be awesome if we managed to pull a Justin Trudeau on this show. By that, I mean sell out. <laughs> I was waiting for the punchline. Thanks, twos. We'll See catch you later, up to buddy. you next week.